1: Okay. I have a beef to p- Hello, everyone. Are you there? It's me. <laughs> che- are you- God, are you there? God, it's me, Chelsea. And Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Hi. I have a beef to pick with airlines. I'm Tell uh, me. First of all, I am so sick and tired of not being able to get on fucking Wi-Fi mm-hmm. on a plane when I have an account with GoGo in flight, with Delta fuck fuck fuck. Bingo, boingo. Bingo, joingo, boingo <laughs> shit face. I... It is so annoying that they just don't have the planes outfitted with Wi-Fi for everybody. Stop making me join and have another password. I have a security thing in my phone with all my passwords. Mm -hmm. There are over a thousand. Passwords. No, no. Now, I have a thousand passwords for different things. And I will never even find the password I'm looking for if oh I go gosh. in there to look for a go-go in flight. And then it doesn't li- allow you to stay online. Yeah. It, it kicks you off the whole flight. It kicks you off, kicks you off, kicks you off. and then. Yes. But somehow, I always see other people. Other people can do could it. Just fine. No. They're, they're not being kicked off. So, like, I know that I have <laughs> a disconnect with technology. Just like I have a new—my my assistant, Casey— well, that's Carla's assistant. Let's just be clear. My assistant has her own assistant. <laughs> Excellent. And he's like, this speaker system at the house doesn't work because nothing ever yeah. works at any of my homes music-wise. No. It, there's just no chance of anything <laughs> going smoothly with music. And by the time I get it working, I can't remember what I like to listen to. So he's like, oh, we will get and get Alexa. I was like, okay, great. Let's get Alexa. It's about time I right. have Alexa. Right. That does even Alexa. Doesn't fucking listen no. to me. She doesn't. It, I can put a speaker on one speaker. I can't put the rest of the speakers on, so yeah. I can only play music in one room. <laughs> so I have to blast it and then stay away from that room where it's blasting because it's too loud in that room. <laughs> this is so complicated. It's Kelsey. so annoying. I, I definitely think I'm a. He- I have a hex, like a technology yeah. hex on me. <laughs> and and I want to say to airlines, you're already fucking losing uh you know you, already you guys trapped. suck yeah you guys suck right now Fully. not not flight attendants i love my flight attendants and i love pilots mm-hmm. especially when they're sober but i don't <laughs> flights are being canceled because there's not enough people working yeah people don't want to work i get it i don't get that actually but i get it that that's happening planes are so dirty and so gross now oh, grosser than they were before covid we didn't learn anything about cleaning yeah. planes. When they say, no. we're cleaning, we're cleaning, it's a we're lie. cleaning before they, the, they no, like, they're fogged not. fogged it with
3: mosquito Have you fog looked or over the side of
1: your armrest oh, yes. to see what's in there?
3: No, it's bad. Every
1: flight I look and I'm like <laughs> horrified because Carla, my assistant, travels with wet wipes all the time. Uh-huh. She's always cleaning. She's responsible. She still wears a mask, you know, wherever she goes. Yeah. I mean, I when I see her wearing a mask, I put my mask on, you know, I'm like, yeah. oh shit, what am <laughs> I doing? she thinks we need like, to She's it. right. Why am I not wearing, <laughs> especially on a plane when the germs are where I could see the germs. Yeah. But this Wi-Fi thing is maddening. It is insane. Just put Wi-Fi on every plane so that everyone can get on for free. And,
3: like, make it free so that we're all happy and content and, like, lost in the blue screens. Yeah,
1: we're all online. Everyone's online. Stop making a barrier of entry. And stop making passcodes that are, like, W, lowercase c, uppercase zero, (laughs) lowercase u. Fuck you! Who do you think is coming in to break into your fucking Wi-Fi? Who is that? Especially not 30,000 feet in the air. it's so annoying. Chelsea,
3: I have to tell you about a woman I sat next to on the plane. Thank God she was across the aisle from me and not next to me. But she was an older woman. She chose that day to not wear a bra and wear a very clingy shirt, which you know, to each their own. But I could tell she had like kooky grandma vibes from mm-hmm. the minute she yeah. came on there. I was sitting there she with had a Mimsy. Cat in her backpack. She, I, I would not have doubted it. She proceeded to remove her shoes and not only place them on the seat in front of her, her feet. She placed them on the armrest of the person in front of her. She placed them
1: inside the, the seat back pocket. I've done that. Oh. I mean, when I was- Barefoot? Well, when I was in my 20s and I was fucking hung over on a plane, but not today. This woman was not hung over. She was fully mainlining straight vodka on the rocks
3: the entire flight and playing video poker out loud with the sound on.
1: Oh, no, 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 no. I fucking hate that. What? How I it was it was a lot. When people have their phones on and not have AirPods in, I mm-hmm. have to say something. Yeah.
3: I, thankfully, she only did it for like ten minutes before she passed out. But the real deal breaker for me was she kept reaching over to pet Mimsy, my dog, who was with me. And you know, at first it was fine, but it was not fine after she proceeded to massage her feet, her bare feet, with her hands, and then like eat chips and suck on her fingers. After that, I was like, no, 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 we're done petting the dog. But this woman, this, this was the cardinal sin to me. She chose to go to the airport bathroom two times with no shoes on. On the airplane. On the airplane. Where you know men are like jiggling around and they can't aim very well and there's pee all
1: over the floor. I just was like, oh. I, I couldn't handle it. No, that sounds so disgusting. The whole thing much. is so gross and uncouth. <laughs> like, honestly, and, and this is coming from me, someone who doesn't have any dignity at all. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that is so gross. We were on a flight earlier uh, to New York, and this woman brought a cat on board. And then she took the cat out. And after everyone who walked by her, she'd be like, oh, are you allergic? Are you allergic? <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, yeah. Like, five people out of the seven she asked that were sitting around our area, I was behind her we're allergic, Everyone's and allergic I go to cats. and so finally i said to her i go i'm sorry why do you keep asking people if they're allergic if you're not putting the cat away <laughs> and she just looked at me and she goes i think some people are just allergic to life i go and some people are allergic to cats <laughs> I'm not because I, I I don't I just don't like cats. I'd prefer not to be mm-hmm. hanging out with cats. you're you know? allergic in that way. I don't, but but I mean, I'm not going to have an allergic reaction to a cat. but I was like, stop asking people <laughs> to, like you're basically using the cat as a conversation starter and then Ender. <laughs> You know, if you no don't want to get into the, the details, the don't get into the details. Exactly. Anyway, airlines, I really hope you guys step your fucking shit up because this is gross already what's happening. <laughs> I mean, we really need someone's calling you. I don't know if it's someone important. No. Scam likely. Oh, oh. scam. Scam likely so is a good many title. Of those. Yeah, I know. It happens all day long.
3: This is sort of a secret life hack. I get a lot of sort of scammy calls from where I'm from because my. Zip code, not my zip code, my area code is still from my hometown many states away. So I know if I'm getting a call from like Moline, Illinois, not to pick it up. Yeah. It's pretty great.
1: Wherever you live in the country, if you're getting a call from Moline, Illinois, don't pick it up. (laughs) Do
3: not pick it up.
1: Order your books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. So go to books.com and use promo code CHELSEA, C-H-E-L-S-E-A, for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S scom promo code CHELSEA.
2: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
0: Tired of hair removal tools that just don't cut it? Conair Girl Bomb gives you smooth, flawless results while putting you firmly in control. From achieving that silky, smooth skin to boosting your inner confidence, Conair Girl Bomb is all about helping you elevate your self care game. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, self care is important to keeping you feeling confident and empowered. It's time to take your hair removal routine to the next level. You can trust Conair Girl Bomb to get the job done right. Conair Bomb gives you the secret weapons for achieving powerful results with ease. Designed with women in mind, these tools boast the sassy Girlbomb grip for unparalleled handling and precision, along with professional-grade blades to deliver results that you used to only get from men's tools. No more compromising. So to all you incredible women out there, treat yourself to a little Conair Bomb magic. Don't settle for anything less than perfection. Elevate your grooming game with Conair Bomb. Available now at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you.
1: We all know how important it is to get a good night's sleep. I know that if I don't sleep for eight hours a night, I am not as sharp. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses, plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash chelsea for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash chelsea.
2: I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow.
1: All right, well, let's get to our guest for today. We have a great guest today. She is a producer and the co-host of Armchair Expert, and she has a new upcoming fertility-related podcast that we can't show the name of yet. But her name is Monica Padman, and we're happy to have you. Hi, Monica.
4: Hi. Oh, I'm so happy to have you here. I am so flattered to be here. I can't believe I got the email. What do you mean you can't believe it, especially
1: without Dax? I'm sick of seeing you with Dax. I, I know. Wa- I mean, listen, <laughs> you guys have created a quite an extraordinary podcast. Thank so you. So congratulations on that. Thank because you. Because I know you guys just signed a huge deal for... Spotify.
4: shout out sorry iheart radio uh, yeah
1: fuck you iheart <laughs> fuck you ah! but that's well deserved Thank i you. mean years and years of really hard work and amazing interviews across the board whether it be a like celebrity a neurophysicist you a me yep. yeah one of our very a celebrity neurophysicist a gynecologist is how i like to classify myself <laughs>
4: And then you have another podcast that's coming out. Yeah, I mean, we have a gajillion podcasts, to be fair. We we just keep doing more and more and more. But I do have one coming out that's me and Liz Plank. Do you know Liz Plank? She has a master's in gender. She's on CNN all the time talking uh, okay. about stuff. She's a bestseller on, okay, like, copy that how men are wonderful and bad. She's perfect. And we're doing a podcast. We're going to freeze our eggs at the same time. Ooh. And we're going to follow that process. Ooh. We're going to check in every day and like see how we are while also talking to different people with different fertility stories. Wow. Everyone has one.
1: Yeah, I know. My friend just posted something and I was reading it. And I'm like, I don't even understand what the hell she was talking about because I'm so not well versed in fertility.
4: No one is. Mm-hmm. No one's taught anything. Because like, it's
1: women-related. Exactly. It's female. It's a female issue, so why would anybody have to educate themselves on the matter? Exactly. Did you see that disgusting documentary, Our Father, speaking of infertility? I haven't, but oh I heard about God. it. I'm so scared of it. Yeah, it's pretty creepy, you guys. It's the story of a doctor who inseminated his own semen into all of his patients. God. Not all, but he has like 100 children out there, and they all found each other on 23andMe. I'm like wait a second. I'm like, first of all, I didn't know you could find siblings on 23andMe. Right? I think there's an option where yeah. you put yourself on there to <laughs> say like, I'm looking or you keep it quiet. <laughs>
4: oh, you know, it's hilarious. Sorry to, to diverge us, but Mal- we had Malcolm Gladwell on recently and he did that and a sibling came up and he was like, oh my God. Oh my god! I have a twin. It was a twin. It was like I have a twin that my mom didn't tell me about. And what do I do? And do I do I confront her about it? I can't confront her. My mom's a twin. Why would she do this? And turns out it was him again. It was his DNA again. It was just like a weird fluke in the system. And it was just him. That's
1: so stupid. (laughs) What a waste of time and energy.
4: Right? I was laughing so hard. Oh
3: my god. We actually had someone write into us who was like, I'm a product of one of these creepy doctors. So gross. So gross. Yeah. And she and her mom are advocates now for like, I
4: gotta get
1: these people on the pod. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you gotta look into it. Actually, yeah. that's a great documentary for you to watch for you. Yeah. yeah like, Cause there's one girl who spearheads the whole thing and she's the one who contacts each sibling that pops up because a lot of these people, you know, were married to their husbands, but couldn't get pregnant. So they thought they were being inseminated by their husband's <gasps> sperm, only to find out 20 years later that their child is someone else's child. No. Imagine the disruption. I mean, that's just like, un- I mean, and the guy's not in jail. He's not. No. No, he's from fucking some Republican state. Because it's not technically illegal. There's some weird loophole. Yeah, there's a loophole where a doctor could go jerk off in a room and then come back and put it in someone's vagina. So that's nice.
4: That's cool. Cool Um, loophole, guys.
1: Monica, I want to talk about the story of you meeting Dax and Kristen because I didn't know that you were their babysitter. I was.
4: That's so funny. I know. So you babysat for Dax first? I babysat for them. Well, I did. I was... You know, I came out here to act. So I did an episode of House of Lies in which I played Kristen's assistant. Okay. Life art, very sim. And she had just had her first kid and I was like, well, I also babysit. That's really how I make money. So if you ever need one, let me know. And then she called a couple weeks later. So then I was like sporadically date night babysitting for them while they went to the like foot spa. And then they had their second and they needed a little bit more help. So they were like, do you want to come on more full time? And at first I was like... No, because I am an actor and I need <laughs> I need time for my auditions in Santa Monica. So, um, <laughs> who doesn't? Right? Girl? You need time to prepare. So, but they were like, "We'll make that work. Like, you can go on your auditions. It's fine. We'll we'll figure it out." And I was like, "Okay, why not?" But I really was like. I don't. Do I want to babysit again? I had already babysat. Then I worked at Soul Cycle, as a big as a big uh, departure from babysitting. I was like, eh. But I love these guys. They're so fun and great. And then, it just like slowly started happening. Once Delta, their second, went to preschool, Kristen was like, well, we still want to keep you around, but we don't need you as much babysitting wise. Do you want to do more assistant work? And I was like, sure. So then I did that. And then I started like writing stuff for her. And then we kind of partnered up. And then. Dax was like, I think I want to do a podcast. And I was like, I'll help. I'll figure it out. Oh, wow. What so a cool So it's just story. like, it is. And I mean, I have to give them so much credit because I don't, most people would just be like, stay in your, stay in your lane, please. Well, that's actually
1: what Kristen said when she was on this podcast. That's exactly a quote that Kristen was talking about when she becomes invidious of other actresses, getting parts or having different kinds of careers than she has, that Dax would say, stay in your lane, stay in your lane, which I think is kind of like, I don't like that phrase, stay in your lane, because I don't want to, as soon as someone tells me to stay in my lane, there is no lane. I'm
4: jumping in all the lanes. the lane is gone, but... I think he meant more oh don't try to be who you're not right but he's problematic phrasing. Yeah, well, that's his
1: whole problem. That's why he needs you as a co-host. That's I thought why you babysat I, the show. I thought you actually babysat f- for Dax, not the two kids.
4: No, I do that now. Yeah. Now I do that. Yeah,
1: and I think that since Delta is named now after a variant that she should take Dax should have to take Delta's name and Delta should take Dax's name. I know. But I do love their uh, their whole friend group. All of you guys, like you guys have a nice tight-knit group. It's very I special. I feel like I kind of know you guys just by watching you guys on Instagram. Yeah. And- and,
4: um, you talk a lot about not having had a boyfriend. Tell me about that. It is fun. So we did Kimmel and he was like, so you've never had a serious boyfriend? And I was like, oh, like, I was so, I could not believe he was saying that out loud on the show. And then he was like, well, you did a show on it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I told everyone already that I do that's, that all the time. It's like you forget, mm-hmm. you forget everyone knows. But yeah, I mean, no, I haven't. I have so many issues. Around dating, and also before that, I really was like, I can't get one. When I was in middle school and high school, when I started liking boys, I'm not sure I was picking specifically, but I couldn't get one. Uh huh. And then it taught me, it like, it really implanted a narrative about myself mm. that like, you won't, you can't, like, you don't deserve it, or you're not worthy. You know, all those things. Then I morphed more into, I would pick people who definitely were unattainable. And then if they started to become more attainable, if they were like, oh, Monica, then I'd be like, no, something's wrong with you now because you like me. If, if you like me, th- there's a problem. Then you're no longer <laughs> yeah. You're no longer appealing of- to me. Interest. Yes, right. exactly. So, you know, it's been that whole thing and I'm in therapy and I'm working on it. Oh, good. And the- our show helped, like Monica and Jess, that show helped, but that was like right before the pandemic and then. And then I stopped doing anything.
1: Yeah, I mean, that sounds like it's a definite inside job, but I can relate to starting to believe a narrative about yourself for so long I, I also felt like even though I've had loves and boyfriends and stuff like I I there have been times where I'm like oh I'm not marriage material like I'm not going to be that person I'm not somebody that anyone would even propose to right you know? it must be me I'm not going to have that or I'm not going to have anything traditional in that sense I'm not going to have a life partner I've had all those thoughts but yeah so you've
4: never had a boyfriend Mm-mm. wow I know it's really weird to say even still yeah and how old are you I'm about to be 35.
1: Okay, well, good. I hope that this is we're coming upon a big transition in your life.
4: Well, if anyone wants to spray my eggs, I will have some eggs available. Are in you going to implant months. those eggs? I don't know. You know, I don't know. That's sort of the whole thing. We're well, just going to free- freeze them. I'm just freezing them. Oh, okay. To see, like, you know, some insurance for the future, I guess. But also, like, because I don't even—I don't know if I want kids. I'm not sure, but I want the option. You know, and it's already been interesting because I had a call with my doctor yesterday. And so I've been on birth control for like, ironically, I've been on birth control for since I was 18 or something. I got on it for my skin and then I've just been on it. And she was like, well, it's going to affect your count. Probably you should get off of it for a few months before. And I was like, no, (laughs) it's like, I'm not doing that. I'm not changing my daily operations for this thing that I don't even know if I want, but and so I like got really in my head about it, and I didn't get off birth control. And then she called me. She was like, "Okay, so like everything looks good. We like your count does look a little smaller than it." would normally be and I was like fuck that birth control like I should have done it you know I'm Mm -hmm. it's like it's already and I don't even know I don't even know if I'm gonna use them I I I know I know
1: yeah a lot of conversations going on in your head yes
4: that feel like I shouldn't be thinking about this I don't even have a partner I don't have like why but women are forced to think about it
1: where did you grow up Georgia Mm mm-hmm what city
4: Duluth like half hour outside Atlanta okay
1: so was it conservative or is that more liberal
4: Duluth now it is more liberal it's like one of the counties that's blue I was gonna say well you
1: can't get more conservative but I'm sorry you can I forgot you can get more conservative (laughs) oh yes
4: unfortunately yes there were like two blue counties my family lives in one of them and it is I mean it's it was suburbs. It wasn't, like, down south or anything like that. But, yes, right. there's a conservative undertone, obviously, to that whole state. So it it wasn't too bad. I mean, I think once I left is when I really could see the differences. I know. I think that's
1: the whole point of leaving is to actually expand your brain and have your thinking challenged, right? Exactly. I mean, just to have your, like, understanding of that fact that where you live and grow up, like when I meet people or I know people from high school that still live in the town that I grew up in, I'm like, what kind of life experience have you had? What are you doing? You live next door to your fucking mother.
4: I know. I know. But are your parents like- in Duluth? Yeah. uh uh-huh. I try. You know, that's my instinct, too, is to be like yikes, like with my friends who still live at home and a lot of them are married. They're, we're all still very close and a lot of them are married to their high school sweethearts and, and, yeah, they live near their family. And and I'm like, oh, my God, if I had done that, I would have been so different. But then I see them and I'm like, it's working for them. It wouldn't work for me, I don't think, which is why I left. But for them, I don't, I don't know. Like their lives seem happy. And I'm trying not – I'm just trying not to – make mass judgments, yeah, which I want to do all the time, and I'm yeah. trying hard not to.
1: And what are you doing to actively
4: start dating? Are you on any of these websites? I'm going on this podcast so that somebody will reach out. You have a, hot, you have I a have lot a, of men listening, right? A lot of right? straight guys
1: listen to this <laughs> podcast, yeah, 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 that's right. for sure. Yeah, I, we have one straight guy that works on the podcast, and that's Catherine's husband. Um, okay. No, sorry, Monica. Unavailable, oh, no, which is did, my type. We did have a straight man. <laughs> Uh, That came on the podcast, right? He called it. He was was black, of course, because there would be no straight white male that would listen to this podcast. And then uh, stop listening and just fucking blow his brains out and be like, oh, my God, (laughs) why am I such an asshole? But, but yeah, you have to be actively dating because you're a catch.
4: Thank you. Yeah, and you deserve to be loved. And to love. I know. I mean, I I know that intellectually. Yeah. It's a matter of knowing it. Emotionally, you know, like, do you have this? Like, you must, because you're so smart and successful that, like, where your your brain is not matching your feelings.
1: No, but yeah, there's dissonance for sure at times with my brain and my, but I mean, it's an an intellectual knowing, I feel like, emotional knowing is like guttural and yeah. an intellectual knowing is more powerful than your gut in some you yeah. know so I feel like when you know something in your head you can infuse that into your gut and it's like a self conversation yeah. and you have to keep implementing that thought inside your brain so that it becomes part of who you are your body so that you know I mean if as long as you're here you deserve that interaction to be able to be lit up by somebody and to yeah. light somebody up is a huge gift and look what you're doing and like how many People love what you do and listen to what you say, you know? Like, imagine yes. if you could have, like, a direct impact.
4: That's just going to be so special when you do find somebody. I think so. I mean, look, I also—I I know that that's, like— what we're supposed to do on earth is like love people and be loved. Like I know that's the real crux of it and the joy. So I do feel like as much as I get so much fulfillment from all these things, I'm like, I'm missing a thing. Like I do know it.
1: Yeah. That's how I feel about children. Like I'm going to miss that love. I'll never
4: know that love. You know, did you make an active decision to not, I just have never had any
1: desire to do that. Yeah. None. Zero. Less than zero.
4: You're coming on our podcast.
1: Well, you're actually. Have, you have. <laughs> I have less than zero interest. It sounds like you have zero plus one interest uh, yeah. because your commitment to your fertilization of eggs. doesn't, like, You're it's not so selling that. And I'm like, wait, what?
3: Even giving up birth control.
1: You may as well fertilize my eggs. And, I mean, and see I what kind of seed, and see what kind of frittata comes out of that. <laughs> Um, okay, so Monica, we're gonna give real life advice to people. They okay. call in and they zoom in. Oh my gosh, Catherine, give us the lowdown of what yes. we can. Well, first we have to take a break, right? We take a bubble bath yes. at the beginning of the episode. Okay, it's right behind that curtain. So just get undressed slowly. I love that. We'll keep the cameras on because this is pro. This is post Me Too, <laughs> and we want body everyone positivity. Yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay, we're gonna take a break. and We'll be right back order your books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. So go to books.com and use promo code Chelsea, C H E L S E A for 25% off. That's B O U Q S.com. Promo code Chelsea. I'm
0: Katia Adler, host of the global story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Tired of hair removal tools that just don't cut it? Conair Bomb gives you smooth, flawless results while putting you firmly in control.
1: We all know how important it is to get a good night's sleep. I know that if I don't sleep for eight hours a night, I am not as sharp. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses, plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Chelsea for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Chelsea. There's a lot
3: happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time.
1: We're back with Monica Padman and Catherine. Hi. Hi, hi. Well, we
3: have a lot in store for us today. And I love it when it works out that what you guys have talked about is all the same things that we're going to talk oh, about we'd today. Love that. We've got people who aren't moving away from home, we've got love connections. Mm. Let's get right into it. We actually. In a break from tradition, have a caller first. We usually have an email first. Okay. Oh. Have you ever had a caller yet?
4: <laughs> never. I've never I had, had a caller.
3: This is her. Monica's Brando. first phone call. <laughs> wow, it's exciting. Welcome. Welcome to the wild world of Zoom. <laughs> this question comes from Nicole. She says, Dear Chelsea, subject line is, my boyfriend is a helicopter dog dad. I've been dating my boyfriend for a little over a year, and I know he's the one. We rarely have conflicts unless it involves our dogs. He is an overly cautious helicopter dog dad, and I am the opposite. He has a 30-pound spaniel that's softer than baby food. The dog is riddled with anxiety over any loud noise, has terrible vision causing him to run into things, and gets diarrhea from anything that's not his own food. These characteristics have only increased my boyfriend's own unmedicated anxiety and cause him to watch the dog's every move, including carrying him down porch steps in fear he'll fall down them and following him around the yard, not allowing him to nibble on anything. I, on the other hand, have an extremely playful 60-pound husky mix. My boyfriend loves my dog very much, but having the two dogs together causes him a lot of stress. He breaks up play fights almost immediately, gets frustrated when they steal each other's toys, and is unable to focus on much else because he's constantly watching them. I try to respect this because I agree it's annoying, but sometimes I just want to shout, let them be dogs! We only sleep over at each other's places once a weekend because of their energy. We have our own places, but he recently bought a house with the intention that I will eventually move in. I'm more than ready to take that step, and he is too, if it weren't for the animal chaos. I've offered to hire a trainer. I have regularly suggested that we had just immerse them in more time together in order to get them more acclimated. He's receptive to this, but then his dog woke up a few weeks ago, unable to walk, and he began walking later that day, acting completely normal. My dog hasn't been allowed around him in over two weeks meaning we also haven't had any overnights. He also canceled our cooking class that was part of my birthday present, as well as a golf trip he was supposed to take. Oh, this in is so annoying. <laughs> I know. I mean, honestly, me this surgery. is going on for too long.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. what the fuck? There's so many things.
5: This is the cut-down version <laughs> oh, also. Oh,
3: shit. I'm concerned that his overly cautious parenting is going to cause issues when we raise our own children one day, and I'm beginning to resent the situation for holding back our relationship. So my question for you is, how do I express my concern that he's too overbearing and that it's only causing his dog and me to become more anxious as a result, and how do I get us to the place of being ready to live together without allowing the dogs to dictate that timeline? Nicole.
1: Hi, Nicole. Hi. Hi. This is Monica, she's our special guest today and you've met Catherine.
6: Hello, Monica. Hi. Hi.
1: God, your boyfriend sounds so sorry to use this word, but annoying, (laughs) you know? I mean, God, (laughs) it's like a fucking, this is like serious. Like his dog has overtaken the entire situation. Uh uh-huh. He really has, yes. To say with love,
6: it is annoying. Yes. This has been our one point of contention. As I was telling Catherine, I mean, everything else in our relationship is just so easy and natural and everything that I've looked for on the boxes to check off. Um, so this is just the one that I'm trying to find my own acceptance of his parenting style, but yeah, just it holding us back.
1: Okay. So has there been any conversation about going to an actual dog therapist for both him and the dog?
6: Dog therapist? No, we do have a trainer that will start this coming weekend. uh, We'll do in-home sessions with both dogs. So yes, I'm very much looking forward to that. At this stage, he is unapologetic of how he is. I think There's childhood trauma that I pair with it if I
4: try to really dig deep in why he is so overly cautious. But there's a deeper thing happening, I think. And look, I'm not, and you're going to be mad at me for saying this, maybe you already know, but I'm not a dog person. So, you know, take this with a grain of salt a little bit, I guess. But it does seem like he's putting that dog above you, the human. And that's the crux for me of the issue.
6: Yes. And I've brought that up. He doesn't see it that way, so that's why I'm seeking help of how to just bridge that conversation.
1: Yeah, I think that, first of all, you have a legitimate reason to be discussing this with him. Any avoidance of going to therapy is kind of inexcusable at this point in the world and in society. It's not cool to not be open to that. And if you're talking about having children with him and he's using this behavior with his dog, you have every right to be concerned about it. Like, yeah, how are you going to have a future with this guy if he can't handle his dog walking around the yard? I mean, I understand it's a special situation with the dog, but like he's got to learn how some coping mechanisms And yeah, childhood trauma is going to bite you in the ass. It doesn't go away. It hurts you. It will come and get you. For all of us. Yes, for all Mm -hmm. of us. Even her unfertilized eggs, it's going to (laughs) get. They're going to get the trauma, yeah. (laughs) And they're They're going to get dogs probably. And yeah, you've got to really impress that upon him. I mean, there's also a way, like when I say dog therapist, I mean like for the owner. The trainer's a great start and hopefully that will work. But if it doesn't, exhaust other possibilities. Try and get a dog therapist that can actually help a dog owner communicate with their dog, help the dog because his anxiety is only leading to more dog anxiety. The two are feeding off of each other so clearly and you can raise the concern, obviously, like you've already said with love about moving forward in your life. Like this is actually becoming a concern for you and you want to figure out what to do about it. You have to kind of introduce that in a way like that is a non-negotiable for moving forward because the situation sounds like it's become untenable.
6: It has. Yes. I mean, I've, they've never been left alone together. Again, we've been together for over a year. The dogs have never been left alone in the house together. My parents have only met his dog a handful of times and we're together all of the time. So then it puts a barrier on our social outings because we each have to get back to separate homes with the dogs. At the same time, he could very well be moving for work as soon as six months. And we've already had that discussion that I would be going with. Mm-hmm. So, Hey, are we going to go from Zero to 100 Overnight Like We need to start Building this uh-huh. And I just That action yet
1: Okay well that's actually A great first action For you to take I mean you're on The right track You sound pretty sensible Pretty mm-hmm. logical Yeah 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 Yes You should have that Conversation with him For sure But I mean I think There are more How old is his dog Will he die soon mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you put him down when he's at work no. one day? I know, that's no. terrible. Oh, he's only
0: three. Oh, he's only oh, three. My guy's oh, my has got a long way
1: oh, to go. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. And how old's your dog? Two. Oh, shit. Okay, okay. This is, yeah, we're in it. Okay, in well, it. I mean, listen, the trainer's going to come. If that doesn't work out, then that leads you to the next conversation. You've exhausted that possibility. If it doesn't work out, hopefully it will. Then you could talk about a dog therapist or a real therapist. And what about
4: a couples therapist? Yeah, for the two of you, it's always helpful to have like a third party there who can say to his face, "Hey, this is a little bit unreasonable." And also, there's no such thing as this is just who I am. Like, people evolve. And if you guys are a couple, you're going to have your own thing that you're going to have to figure out. And if you have kids, oh my God, like everyone is forced to evolve. He needs to get on board.
6: Right. That's what I said. Like, our kids have to be able to fall down and get a scrape and, you know, yes. build resiliency and find risk in that. Like, what-
1: how have your conversations gone thus far when this subject comes up? How deep have you gotten?
6: Not incredibly deep. I turn into a bit of a passive person when it comes into any conflict and then I start to cry and then things get awkward. And so things come up regularly, but not in depth. No.
1: Okay. Well, you need to work on that. You have to. Yeah. And you can't. It's not fair to cry whenever anything gets when the conflict comes up, because that puts on the other person in, in a really not fair position, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. So you have to do that work for yourself as well and focus on that and just... Difficult conversations help unify people, not take them apart. And that's something to remember. Like when you have a challenging conversation, it's always an opportunity for growth. You don't have to get scared and look away or avoid and be passive and all of that stuff. It's a good skill to practice and learn. And it's going to come in handy with all of these issues. So please start with this conversation. You know, it is a big concern. You called into us. You're obviously concerned. And the next step is to sit down with him and be like, we need to really address this. This is our first point. And now if if the dog trainer works, great. After that, this is the next step. This is the plan of attack. And we also have to work on communicating better because I feel like this dog is ruling my life. And that's just silly. And no matter mm-hmm. what's going on with that dog, it shouldn't be ruling your life.
6: Exactly. Yes. Thank yeah. you for that confirmation. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let us know what happens, Nicole. Yeah. Yeah, I will. I will. Thank Good you luck. guys so much. Bye. Thanks, hey. <laughs> Nicole. All right.
6: Bye. Thank you.
1: How funny that we have the one guest that doesn't like dogs on our first dog question. <laughs> It's not our first dog question, but it's it's we don't often get dog it's questions. Like, move, yeah.
4: get rid of that dog. No. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. I know I kind of also was like, This dog sounds sickly, maybe it
3: will die soon. But <laughs> I mean, and that's part of why I wanted to have Monica for that question, because like you're not
4: overwhelmed by like, oh my god, I totally get it. I love that dog so much. But no, for know. me it's like that's just indicative of a much deeper issue of he yes. he's projecting all his mm. anxiety onto this dog. It's gonna go somewhere even if the dog gets trained, yeah. he's got to.
3: Yeah. And that hypervigilance, you know, it's early days kind of because they've been together for a year. But like that hypervigilance will permeate everything. Like that's something I've been working on a ton in therapy, not constantly being worried about what's the next terrible thing that can happen. And hopefully this dog trainer will help with some of that just being like, hey, this is normal dog stuff. But also they'll probably have to take a next step and see an actual therapist.
1: Yeah, I just hate people's resistance to therapy. It's just it fucking drives me up a wall. Yes, it's a still a thing. How I I don't because people are scared to tap into what is dark and ominous underneath them. Like they don't want to revisit that. They want to think that nothing in life has anything to do with that. Yep. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, just look at what happened to you, Chelsea. You're open and vulnerable and feeling things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I used yeah. to be shut off and closed down and angry. And I'm not anymore yeah. because I know how to deal with my emotions now. Some people want to stay angry. Yeah. You know? Well, if they don't want to stay angry. They just don't want to feel sad Go to that dark place and have to yeah. unearth it because it's not a pleasant experience. Yeah. But it's mm-hmm. a valuable experience and it will make you a much more well-rounded person.
4: Mm-hmm. I almost emailed you a few months ago because I was looking for a new therapist and when you were on our show you were like raving about yours mm. and I was like oh I should ask Chelsea but then I found I found my oh you did I found a incredible therapist that I'm very happy with but. Oh, good. Well, that's great. I mean, I had already been in therapy, but I I was like, this isn't enough. I need more. I need different. I went to my
1: therapist yesterday, and after we were done, he's like, okay, I'm leaving in 10 days. And I was like, I am too. I won't be back until September. And he was like, okay, well, dude, let me know if you want to connect before you leave. I'm like, we just fucking saw each other. Like, this is it. (laughs) This is goodbye (laughs) for two months. This is incremental. Like, now I only use it for incremental stuff, you know. I'm going through a breakup. I need my therapist. I want to handle these emotions right. I don't want to fucking fast track anything. I want to do it the right way. Mm -hmm. And now I'm done with you. So please, (laughs) I'm not seeing you again. (laughs) Also, my therapist, this is so great. I go to his house. We sit in his backyard. And there's a construction site inside his backyard. (laughs) And I was like, wait, are you serious? Serious with a chainsaw going the entire time. And I'm like, Dan, are you inviting, like, please, people, oh, customers, are you inviting patients <laughs> over, that's what I call my customers. fans, customers, <laughs> when they're at the show, the live show. I'm like, hello, customers. <laughs> I'm like, Dan, are, you can't have therapy sessions when there's a fucking drill happening in your backyard. Like, I, so I want to go to a construction site. I'll go to my own house
3: oh and reflect in the, in
1: the reflection pond. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
3: Well, our next question, and this is kind of a touchy topic, but this comes from Julia. She says, Dear Chelsea, I'm a college student. A couple months ago, I got really drunk and sat on a guy and kissed him. I vaguely also remember asking him if he wanted to have sex, to which he said no, obviously. This guy has since said everything is cool, he doesn't care about what happened, However, my actions still haunt me, and this has become quite literally all I think about. I don't know why or how that happened. I'm assuming somehow in my drunken state, I thought that I was flirting, and since that point, I've never, ever gotten that drunk. I completely understand what I did was wrong, and I wanted to reach out for advice. I wanted to come to you specifically, Chelsea, because I know you've been caught up in a similar situation to which you inappropriately touched someone and meant no harm, but nonetheless, it still happened. How do I deal with the shame of knowing this will always be part of my record?
0: Oh, my God. God.
1: God. Hi, Julia. Hi. Hi. This is Monica, and that's Catherine. Hi, Monica. Hi. Okay, first of all, you need to give yourself a break. Yeah. All you did was, I mean, you kissed somebody, and you were at a party, and you were drunk. That is not anything to take to your grave to be shameful about. You made a mistake. That's okay. Okay that's what human beings do. They make mistakes. And what
5: was your interaction with him after the the incident? I mean, after it, it kind of just was awkward, I guess. Like I did apologize to him, which is one thing that I'm really happy that I did. But other than that, for some reason, it just really like sticks with me. I feel like a lot of people have told me like, it's okay, you can let it go. But it's just it's for some reason it has really stuck with me.
1: Okay, you have got to give yourself a break. You are going to make mistakes in life. You did not hurt anybody. You did not murder somebody. You were inappropriate. That is not an offense that is unforgivable. And you apologized and took accountability. That's it. That's the end of that story. So you have to get past that because you're beating yourself up here and then this will become a pattern in your life. So you need to disrupt this pattern immediately and know that you just had a good time, you're at a party, and it's not like you did something that bad. You know, it was just unwelcome. And of course it was awkward. That's what being in, what are you, in your 20s? is about Mm -hmm. awkward fuck-ups. I mean, (laughs) come on. Did you grow up in a household that made you feel really bad about everything
5: you did? I think so. I feel like... I come from also a very religious background, so oh, I think it's well, that's like, the problem. yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the
4: problem. You can't. You like, have so much shame yes. that's been ingrained and it's not fair and it's not about you. It's just in your body now. So you, it's on you to like shed that because I don't. Can we even call it a mistake? I'm I'm having trouble <laughs> even accepting this as a mistake. Yeah,
1: I mean, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah. It's like, that would be hard for me to take seriously. as a, Like, that's something I would make a joke about, you know? Like, it was a silly thing. But yeah, your shame is coming from your family dynamic and from your religious background. And you have to get to a place where you understand that human beings make mistakes. And all you can do is be accountable for that mistake. And then afterwards, that mistake is over. There's nothing else for you to do.
3: Yeah, and I think right now, there is so much conversation around consent. And of course, that's something that's so important. But there is also hooking up at parties. It's a thing that happens all of the time. And of course, you have to take what he said, which is, hey, we're cool. It's fine. Don't worry about it. You have to take that at face value. You know, and I think there's some forgiveness of yourself that needs to happen.
5: Yeah, I think for a very long time I was kind of trying to put words in his mouth, like, you should feel really bad about this, like, you should be mad at me. But I really agree with that. I feel like I need to take it at face value and just say, like, this is what you told me, that it's okay, and I need to be okay with that. Mm -hmm.
4: You also Mm -hmm. asked him, you asked him if if you you wanted to have sex, and he said no, and then that's that. Like, that's... I've had girlfriends
1: who have done way more embarrassing things than that, okay? (laughs) My girlfriend once had sex with a guy, and as soon as they got undressed, she said, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine how she felt the next day when he told every fucking buddy that she told him she loved him? Because she was wasted and naked and said, I love you. And he was like, oh my God, I can't even fuck you now because what are you talking about? <laughs> and that that's shame, okay? That's embarrassing. So whenever you're dealing with something, think about the more extreme versions of that. You know, you could have sat on his lap, pulled your pants down or pulled your boobs out and really made an ass out of yourself. You didn't do that. You didn't do that. You're sweet and you need to forgive yourself and watch an episode of Girls Gone Wild to make yourself oh feel better. Oh my God,
4: <laughs> exactly. And rem- I think a good thing to remember is you don't want to go through life having no regrets like what would you learn what would you take away if you look back and you're like I did everything absolutely perfectly exactly the way I wanted to do it like first of all just not possible and secondly like that's how you grow and learn you need those moments that I also agree with the two because I think
5: I also from the same background like I feel like this is the first thing that I messed up on and I think it's like a learning experience, and I feel like I'm going to start looking at it that way. Yes, yes, Please. because there's
1: going to be other things that you mess up on, and you have to practice forgiveness for yourself. There is, It's a such wasted time to beat yourself up and berate yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to let it go. Just let it go. There's a book called Letting Go, but that's a big read. But, yeah, use this as your first example, and make this first time the last time that you go through this with yourself and yourself kind of immolation of it.
3: Yeah. And if you do find that you can't get this out of your head, that's when it's time to talk to somebody. You know, why does this keep being on spin cycle in my mind? Right. Well, thank you so much for calling in. Give yourself a break. Thank you guys. Yeah.
1: Give yourself a break, Julia. Go out and have another experience with a guy. As soon as you have your next experience, that one's going to be forget. You're going to (laughs) forget about that anyway. Oh, oh, what a sweet. sweet. Oh, that was like so virginal. Oh, you know, when
3: I talked to her a couple, like it was like maybe a month and a half ago when I first talked to her, she was like fragile. You know, she was just absolutely destroyed. And I was like, you need to come on here. And
1: Oh, yeah. You kissed a boy
3: at a party. And when he said no, you stopped. You know, <laughs> end of flip. Yeah. One thing I wish we had
4: said, I I didn't say. Oh, but I wish Monica. <laughs> <laughs> can we call her back? <laughs> she said in her in her letter he said no obviously and the fact that she wrote obviously means she just had doesn't have any and i can relate like self-worth she's like obviously he didn't want to have sex with me it was crazy it was crazy that i even did that because oh obviously, i missed
1: that part yeah mm, shit
4: <laughs> maybe she'll listen now Oh yeah, she's yeah. still listening because she she'll will. be on the podcast. So yeah, no,
1: obviously, there you go. That's your issue right yeah. there is that you don't believe that you're worthy of somebody being interested in you. Yeah. That's why you feel shame because you were rejected. And by the way, rejection is what makes us all fucking badass and strong. Yep. Bring it mm. on is what I say about rejection.
4: Mm, I love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm.
1: Not too much. Absolutely. Not too much. Let's not overdose on that. It's like 15%. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or 10. 11, <laughs> between 10 and 15 once a year. <laughs> Order your books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. So go to books.com and use promo code Chelsea, C H E L S E A, for 25% off. That's B O U Q S.com, promo code Chelsea.
2: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
0: Tired of hair removal tools that just don't cut it? Conair Air Girl Bomb gives you smooth, flawless results while putting you firmly in control.
1: We all know how important it is to get a good night's sleep. I know that if I don't sleep for eight hours a night, I am not as sharp. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses, plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash chelsea for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash chelsea.
3: The best conversations
0: I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write.
3: Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists.
4: I'm Charles Lane, deputy opinion editor.
0: And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu.
3: Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Well, our next call comes from Marcus. He is one that I was talking about that maybe hasn't gotten away from home quickly enough. He says, I'm a 25-year-old gay male that was brought up in a very strict Orthodox Christian household. Although I was able to move out for college, it was always under the presumption that I'd move back, which I did. Since then, I completed my master's degree online and have been working in my career since 2021. It's taboo in my family to move out either before marriage or before buying a house. I have two older siblings, 29 and 31, who both live at home as well. Although I work from home, I leave during the day and drive around or work from my office just to get away. I have expressed the desire to move out to my older siblings and family, and am met with shame, discontent, and the conversation is shut down altogether. My sister tells me to wait until she's married, but I'm tired of living life this way. I desperately want to go, and a room opened up where my friend is living just 15 minutes away. I don't want to lose this opportunity, but I know it will enrage my parents to go, break their hearts, and ultimately lead to a lot of chaos for everyone. I'm not religious at all, and I've had to suffer a lot from being brought up with such dogmatic people, especially Aww. since I'm gay, which I've not had this conversation with Aww. them yet. I just want to live my life, so what do I do? Sincerely, Marcus.
1: Hi, Marcus.
7: Hey, thanks for having me.
4: Oh, hi. This is Monica and Catherine.
7: Nice to meet you guys.
4: Hi. I'm sorry you're going through this. I'm always so amazed by people who are so respectful and nice to their parents. I'm just like, bye. bye." I know. I know. (laughs) I know. I agree.
1: So what religion are you dealing with?
7: A Coptic Orthodox Christian. Oh,
1: shit. I don't know enough about that. We don't know those words. a lot. Okay. So they want you to stay at home for when, until when?
7: It's sort of like indefinite, I would say. It's just the norm to stay until you're either married or you have a house to yourself. But I don't think anyone's going to marry me while I live at home. And I don't see myself like buying a house anytime soon. So I'm just... Floating around
1: and do you have a plan in place about having this kind of conversation with your parents because you definitely should move out you need to have your own identity
7: yeah so I've already kind of like broached it with my mom and she hung up on me and we haven't really spoken about it since that's kind of the norm I would say like in my household we don't really talk about things so I don't know I just feel like it's sort of like don't even bring that conversation it's not even a discussion you know what I mean
3: And I know Marcus, you mentioned that you feel like you have to be kind of a buffer for some of the family drama as well. So that's part of what's keeping you back.
7: Yeah, it's sort of like, I feel guilty abandoning them because there is so much like discordance in the house. I just feel like no one really has like tools to navigate that except for me. Cause like I'm the only one that's like in therapy and stuff. So I just feel kind of like bad leaving. But at the same time, it's like, I feel like I should leave.
1: (laughs) Well, I think you should leave, too. And I think that therapy, you can use that as a reason why you're leaving. Like you understand that the dysfunction in that household is unhealthy for you and that you have to remove yourself from that situation for your mental health. You know what I mean? And you are gay. You have to be true to who that is and true to yourself. And you have to go and live a life for yourself, not for your parents. You cannot live a life for your family or for your parents. And the sooner that you get out of there, the sooner that that's going to break open. And yeah, it might cause a lot of chaos and a lot of disruption. But you know what? It's one step in the right direction because there is going to be a time and a place where your parents are going to have to accept that new reality. And it's not going to happen while you're still living in their house.
7: Yeah, you're right. I feel like I'm just kind of putting a band-aid on like a larger issue. Well, you're prolonging
1: so, your future. Like your destiny yeah. is waiting for you and you're putting it on hold because if you, you, don't want to upset your parents. And if you're going to live your life for your parents, then then that's
4: pointless. And it's a sinking yeah. ship that you have to get off of. If there's all kinds of turmoil and stuff there, like remove yourself, put your face mask on first and leave. And then maybe it will help. Maybe it will some of the other people in your family will be like, wow, he did this. And maybe I could do something for myself, too. Like, you don't know the good it could cause, also.
7: Yeah, you're right.
4: And you could go from being a buffer
3: to being a safe harbor if you're not in the middle of everything. Mm -hmm. If you become the sibling with a safe space that's outside of the house.
1: Yeah, and I know it takes a lot of guts and courage. Like, I know it's scary to make these kinds of moves, but they're life moves. I think in terms of the universe and energy and karma, when you really like stand up for yourself, you don't even know what's out there for you yet. You know what I mean? What what rewards are out there for you? What relationships are out there for you? What, what the domino effect will have on your brothers and the, your other family members? It could take a long time, but you could have a really positive impact on the entire family and their understanding of a broader world and not this kind of dogmatic, small-thinking, narrow-mindedness that you've grown up with. You know, any Orthodox religion is obviously very, very particular. And you're not just thinking about yourself. You're thinking about your family and then you're thinking about the whole world. Right. And you're going to be doing the world a service by being brave enough to face this situation and leave at whatever cost. If your parents don't want to speak to you for a year, then that fucking sucks. But at least you're being true to who you are. And that
4: is way more valuable than anything else. Yeah. This is an Al-Anon thing, but like you can't fix other people. We all think we can be the one to fix everyone around us, and and we cannot. And it can become totally all-consuming. And so it is not your job to stay and make sure that the dynamic is is positive. Like, you can't.
7: Yeah, I mean, and it's not like I'm really making it positive anyways. I'm sort of just like, well, if I'm here, then it can't be terrible. But it's not. Like, I'm really helping anything in the first place. No,
1: you're not. You need courage. You have to, like, get that courage. It's inside of you. Take it and harness it and do make a move because what you're doing isn't courageous right now. You're just being a part of somebody's story. You have to create your own story.
7: Yeah, because I have um an opportunity to move out with a friend that I have yeah. to respond to by this week. you're going?
4: Yeah, you're going. Okay. Yes, you're going. You need to tell Send them that the you're going. Send the email today or call him or her today. That y- y- yeah, you're gonna. Y- oh, it'll be you so. Gotta free. Okay. You got to make this move.
1: You got to make this move, Marcus. At your smile. Yeah. Look. Yeah. yeah I know I you're going right. right now.
7: I was literally right before this. I was like, should I just start packing? Yeah. Like, yes, <laughs>
1: pack. <laughs> yes, you should. And you should say it's yeah. for your mental health, that mm-hmm. your parents, just explain to them that you're in therapy. This is what's going to happen. I'm I'm sorry if this is hurting you. I'm sorry if this is a disruption. But for me to
4: be healthy, I have to move out.
7: Okay. Mm-hmm. And if they I'm hang up, that.
4: they hang up. That's not your job to call back. It's not like, yeah. let that be. Yes. Right. Yeah. And tell them you're a therapist, Dr. Handler. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: Exactly. Tell them you spoke yeah. to Dr. <laughs> Handler. I'm sure they're huge fans. <laughs>
3: all right thanks marcus let us know how
1: it goes okay
7: thank you thank you so much for having me thank Thank you you. honey
1: oh cutie pie. so cute oh my god what the fuck orthotics ectopic pregnancy religion what is that Coptic. I know I I even had to look up
3: Orthodox Christianity. (laughs)
1: Right. Or Coptic Orthodox Christianity. I'm like Coptic? Coptic Orthodox Orthodox Christianity. Fuck. (laughs) That's true. I mean, can you imagine living with your family and being like in that much of a buzzkill situation? Oh my god. I mean that's the definition of a buzzkill is an ectopic Christian (laughs) Orthodox family.
3: It's illegal in Texas.
5: <laughs>
3: well, we have one more question. This is just an email, but this comes from Jenna. This is Jenna Bush. It's always Jenna Bush. Ah! She always does this. Always. <laughs> Can't wait to advise her. <laughs> I'm writing to you today to ask for your advice about how to navigate friendships throughout your 30s. I wish more people spoke about this specific time of life, as I'm finding it to be quite challenging. I'm 33 years old, married, and we do not have kids. I'm in graduate studies, and I'm just getting started in my new career. We have a cat and a dog that are like our babies and a nephew that we absolutely adore. I've always had a big, tight-knit group of friends, and we've shared so many amazing memories over the years, like camping weekends together, fitness dates, parties, all that fun stuff. Over the past few years, a lot of my friends have had major life changes. Many are having kids now, and some of our closest friends have moved across or out of the country to chase their dreams. Everything feels like it's changed now. Everyone has different priorities, and many are not available to hang out the way we used to. It really bums me out. The friends who have kids I'm so happy for, but I have to admit that whenever I find out another friend is having a baby, a little part of me is sad because I know the friendship will be different now. I'm aware that this sounds so selfish, but I can't help but feel inadequate in conversations about kids, feel like my friends don't think I'm relatable anymore. As I get older, I feel increasingly uncomfortable in these group settings as everyone just talks about their kids. My husband and I maybe want kids later on, however, we're both in care professions that are really emotionally heavy and are living with an enormous amount of student debt, so we definitely don't feel like we have the capacity to start a family right now. I can't help but feel so behind everyone else. At the same time, I'm happy and so grateful for what we do have, great health, great career prospects, and a really lovely relationship full of adventure and love. How can I get through all of these conversations about kids this next decade without feeling like an inadequate, unrelatable asshole? All the best, Jenna.
4: Mm. I know this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think the most important thing, like when she says, like, I'm unrelatable, just just give your two cents. Like when people are talking about their kids, I'm sure she has an opinion on it. I'm sure just because she doesn't have kids doesn't mean she doesn't know kids or is around them or have her own opinions. Like you can still share them whether or not you're in that club. And I also think you can be the one to initiate conversations that are not about that. I mean, I feel really lucky in my Mm -hmm. friend group because everyone's married. Everyone has kids except me. But it doesn't feel like that's the main focus. Like, the kids are around, but we talk about other stuff. But you can be the one to be like, well, how about those Dodgers? Dodgers. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, Yeah, and also you don't have to look at the kids as an obstacle to a friendship Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't have to be that way You can reframe your thinking and look at kids as an additive Like it's a learning experience for you too Look at all the stuff you can soak up by being around all your friends' kids Especially if you're one day maybe thinking about having them Mm. You're thinking about it all like in the negative way So it's kind of about just reframing your headspace And like looking at something like Oh look, this is a learning opportunity Or oh look, this is an interesting situation situation that I could get something out of so even spending time with children like whether you're into them or not like spending time with children is like illuminating it's so fun it is and cool to hear their perspectives and see how they think and their unbespurched minds when a kid sees something for the first time or puts two and two together about something you're like oh shit I never looked at it that way I you know, know. Yeah. so there there are a lot of advantages to having friends with kids and like they're probably fucking jealous of you that you don't have to deal with <laughs> yes. any of those responsibilities you and your husband have careers and I know you said you work in like serious kind of care situation, but you still like don't have the responsibility of raising children. And like, that's also something to be celebrating. Enjoy your time Mm -hmm. being single without those responsibilities. Enjoy your time together. You and your husband, your alone time. You never know what the hell is going to happen in this world. You never know how much time you have with somebody. So instead of looking at the things that you don't have, please start thinking about the things that you do have. And out of gratitude, things grow. You know what I mean? When you look around and you mm-hmm. say, thank you for all of this, more comes and you get abundance. And so I really just think it's your pattern of thinking that you can just easily switch around by reading, you know, a couple of decent books about spirituality and about recognizing the differences in other people are things that can draw you in, not push you away. You don't have to be like your friends in order to be with your friends.
4: Mm-hmm. I love that.
3: Yes. And also, like, it sounds like these friends might have babies at this moment, even though she says kids. It sounds recent. They will get more interesting. Like what Chelsea's talking about, like, kids get funny. You can laugh at them. Like, when they start to get, like, three, four five, they'll be a lot more entertaining to be around.
4: And some acceptance yeah. that just all relationships evolve. So right now, yeah. it's because of these kids, but it would have been something else or it's going to be something else. Like, you have to, like, be on that ride and just accept that things things change and... For the better, often. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jenna, let us know. Jenna Bush, I'm sorry you're going. Yeah, through this. Jenna Bush, stop comparing yourself
1: to Barbara. <laughs> yes,
4: comparison. Actually, That's Jenna, a huge. Yeah,
1: yeah. Jenna has babies. She has, I think, three. And Barbara <laughs> just had her first one. So
4: oh. this is
1: probably Barbara calling, posing as Jenna, <laughs> oh, which she's also fucking done on this <laughs> these podcast. Like, games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these <laughs> not
3: again. Those two fucking bitches. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Well, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Monica and Chelsea. Order your books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. So go to books.com and use promo code CHELSEA, C-H-E-L-S-E-A, for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S scom promo code CHELSEA.
2: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
0: Tired of hair removal tools that just don't cut it? Conair Girlbomb gives you the secret weapons for achieving powerful results with ease. Designed with women in mind, these tools boast the sassy Girlbomb grip for unparalleled handling and precision, along with professional-grade blades to deliver results that you used to only get from men's tools. No more compromising. So to all you incredible women out there, treat yourself to a little Conair Bomb magic. Don't settle for anything less than perfection. Elevate your grooming game with Conair Bomb. Available now at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you.
1: We all know how important it is to get a good night's sleep. I know that if I don't sleep for eight hours a night, I am not as sharp Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses, plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Chelsea for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Chelsea.
2: Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahi Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise.
3: And we're back. We're back. And Monica, now, is there any advice that you'd like
4: to ask for from Chelsea? So many things. Oh, my God. Um, everything. No, I do. I do want to ask you about and I think I'm sure you've covered this a ton on this show. But um, grief, because you I feel like you've done such a beautiful job of processing yours. And I just wonder, like, when you lose something, somebody, a relationship, a person, does that ever really Heal? Does that ever really go away, or do you have to just feel that for the rest of your life and accept it? And like, no, that's a piece of me forever. I think both things can be true. Who did you lose? There's just been some friendship dynamic changes.
1: Oh, okay. So people, you're not losing someone to death.
4: No, 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 no. Then that's why. And I think grief can come in all these different forms and due to all these different things. And it's like, huh? Is this is this something that I'm just going to be like? holding for a long
1: time. Yeah. I have a lot of friendships that have ended and it is something that you hold. It depends on the friendship, obviously, to, to what degree. Yeah, But healing does come into place. You yeah. know what I mean? There is an amount of time that makes everything less acute Yeah, when your feelings are hurt, especially. And I think the thing that is the key to healing is to give out love you know what i mean to give out love and forgiveness no matter what the circumstances are whether who is right or wrong just to send love to that person whether you do it through meditation or prayer or whatever the fuck you're into positive vibes like it's important to forgive people because holding on to that is a crusty notion and Mm. that can embed itself in yourself and become a very toxic quality to be mad at people so when things change you have to just accept that things are changing. Yeah. And it can be very painful. I've had some very painful friendship endings that have taken me years to get past. But yes, it'll always be a part of you, but it will run you. Yeah. You know, the healing and like understanding that people are there at certain parts of your life in certain ways and it's not permanent, you know?
4: That's the heart for me. That's such because I I need so much safety like I have grown up like that with a lot of fear. So I'm just always searching for safety. So when there's proof in the world that it's not safe, I just like can't handle. I have a hard time handling that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I get that a lot. I get that. And but that's also you're trying to guarantee the unknown. Right. And that's a futile exercise. What is a sagacious way to be? is to be okay with the unknown to have something that like a left you know a curveball come your way that you're not expecting that is gutting yeah. and be like okay I don't want to have to deal with this I don't like this it doesn't make me feel good yeah. but I I can deal with this yeah And to work through it and to feel the feelings, like not to ignore them or pretend they don't exist or posture or anything, but to be real with yourself is a real gift. And, you know, pain does subside, you know, even like if somebody dies, it feels like it'll never go away. And yeah, that person is always, always going to be gone, but it really depends on how you reframe your thinking about that. Yeah. And over time you get a healthier relationship with the
4: loss. That's 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 good to hear. I feel yeah. like there's so much control. You know, there's like such a need for control in general for me anyway. And that's such a huge piece of it. Like all these things you can't control, but you're trying to control and every it's all it is all temporary, I guess.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, I hope that helps, Monica. Yeah, Padman. it does.
4: It does. Thank you, Chelsea.
1: We loved having you as part of the podcast today. Thank you so much for so coming to grateful. the Valley.
4: Thank. Oh my God, I love the Valley.
1: Yeah, there's a California no Chicken one. Cafe right right on around the corner. Just in case you were wondering, I love it. I love it. I saw it. that. I was like, oh, I love those pita chips. And then I thought about going inside and standing in line. I was like, not that much. <laughs> I was like, wait, who? Casey? Carla? Someone? Get me California chicken.
4: Thank you, Monica. Thank that you was so great much. to have you on. It was really lovely. Thank you, Catherine. And Thank you, what's your Chelsea. new podcast called? It's called Race to Thirty Five. Race to Thirty Five. This is where they are going to
1: fertilize their eggs. Yep. And give incredible. us a day by day play. Play-by-play. Yeah. Play, a day-by-day play-by-play. <laughs> and then, of course, Armchair Expert, right? Armchair Expert. Yeah. Um, on Spotify. On Spotify. And thank you, Spotify, for giving us the gift of Monica
4: Padman mm. and to Krista Dax. <laughs> yes. Thank you.
3: So if you'd like advice from Chelsea, just send us an email at dearchelseaproject at gmail.com. Dear Chelsea is a production of iHeartRadio, executive produced by Nick Stump. Produced by Catherine Law and edited and engineered by Brad Dickert.